Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, my friends, I want to let you all know that my very first book, The Path of an Eagle, How to Overcome and Lead, after being knocked down, is now available for pre-order. I'll make sure the link is available in the show notes below. All right, my friends, let's do the show. There is a story for everyone here because every story matters. Welcome, everyone, to the Storybooks. This is the place to be if you are a lover of stories, learning new and interesting things, and if you want to grow abundantly. My name is Jay Phantom, and I believe it's my purpose to help you realize your worth and become the greatest and best version of you possible. I am grateful that you're here today. Now let's journey into the story box together and hear more about whose story will be unboxed today. Hey, my friends, welcome back to another exciting episode of the Storybox. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing you to someone who you may know his voice in certain films and video games if you do play the games such as Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time, or even uh, listen to or watch shows such as Legion of Superheroes or even Naruto uh, or even Spider-Man, for example. His name is Yuri Lowenthal, and maybe you might not recognize his name, but you definitely recognize his voice. I, for one, have grown up listening to this guy on on shows very much like my friend Rob Paulson from Pinky in the Brain and Jimmy Neutron, that sort of thing. Yuri is someone who uh, I had the pleasure of speaking with recently. He was born in Alliance, Ohio, which was the first of many homes for Yuri. He kind of lived all over the place with his family, as we do talk about during this conversation. He lived in Virginia, Tennessee, West Africa, Japan, New York, and he now resides in L.A., You discovered his talent and passion for acting near the end of high school. And since then, he has made a reputation of being committed and and a creative artist on both stage and screen internationally. He has done over 700-something projects regarding both uh, games, film, uh, TV shows, you name it. The guy is a constant workhorse and he's really, really good at it. He has one of those voices and you'll soon hear uh, that are, is memorable <laughs> and I, I love speaking with him. He made his debut writing, producing and starring in the independent short, short Faithful. He's a student of martial arts, speaks fluent, get this, Japanese, French and German as well as English too. Yuri is becoming well known for his work in voice over video games and animation. 
Some of his roles include Superman on Legion of Superheroes, Peter Parker on Spider-Man, Sasuke on Naruto, and of course the legendary game that ticked me the heck off when I played it because I couldn't finish it, the, the Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time, among many, many other things, including, of course, one of my favorite shows as a kid, Ben 10. So my friends, I know that you will get a lot from Yuri and his story. It is quite incredible how he actually got into acting in the first place, how he's been able to voice all these different characters, what it means to be a voice actor, how one becomes a voice actor in the first place, among many, many other interesting things about his life and his story. So if you do get something from this one, and I I have no doubt that you will. Please share it around to all your friends and your family. Let everyone know about this one. Uh, also, my friends, don't forget that my very first book, The Path of an Eagle, How to Overcome and Lead After Being Knocked Down, is now available for pre-order in America and Australia. So all the links will be available in the show notes below for you guys to make it easy. Uh, all right, my friends, you know what time it is. It is time to journey with me into the story box as we l- listen to the incredible wisdom, the advice, the stories, and definitely some interesting and pretty cool voice acting uh, from the the awesome Yuri Lowenthal. Thank you so much, Jim. Happy to be here. At, but now after that introduction, what do we have left to talk about? I know. Tell me, tell me about it. <laughs> well, I'm sure there's like so many other great things you've done in your life, my friend. And I'm sure we'll get into a bit about it in just a moment. Before sure. we do that, my very first question for you is what does success look like for you? Oh man. Success for me is getting to live this, this dreamlike life that I'm in right now that you know, for me to be able to, it's, it's a couple, couple levels for me, just, you know, to be an actor and to be, and to be making a living at it. Mm. That's already, that's already success to get to play, you know, cool, iconic characters, like the, the, the kinds of characters that I grew up loving, uh, is, is a whole other level of success that I never thought, you know, possible. And that every day I wake up and I'm like, I can't believe this is my life. So that's, I mean, that's, that's success. Mm. That's, that's success for me. Has it changed for you over time? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think now, you know, that I, that I have a a family also, you know, success, uh, you know, once upon a time I was willing to just work all the time, you know, to push for success. And, and now I want to spend some of that time, you know, with my family and we want to travel and I mean, we love traveling and with the pandemic, it's been hard. So we're trying to get back to that, but, um, but it, it does look, uh, it does look uh, different, you know, at this, at this point in my life. Um, but I still feel successful. I, you know, there are some, some days when I'm like, you know, how do you, how do you get better than Spider-Man, you know? <laughs> and then of course, immediately after that, I'm like, oh yeah, but I'd love to do this and I'd love to do that. And I'd love to do this other thing. So, so I think that success for me is not arriving at a place that's the end. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just as long as I'm happy doing this and I can, you know, I can make a living and, and, uh, and just keep living this life. Did you ever see yourself being a a voice actor? No, Um, I certainly didn't grow up thinking that I was going to be an actor at 
all, I mean, I loved movies and I loved cartoons and, you know, I loved a lot of the, a lot of the same things I love now. Um, but I never thought that that was a job that, that I, that I could ever get. And then I fell in love with acting in, in high school. And even then, I don't think I thought that I just thought it'd be something that I'd have fun doing. I didn't think that I could make a career at it until I realized that I loved it more than anything else. And so, like you said, you know, I was two years of working for the Japanese government and every spare moment of my time that I wasn't at the office, I was acting and trying to find more ways to do that. And I thought to myself, man, um, I don't want to look back in 30 years and say, you know, in the, like the, in, you know, a dead end bureaucratic, you know, government job and say, oh, that was that, you know, I remember I used to have fun doing that. I wonder if I ever could have done that. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, you know, the, the government work will be here <laughs> if I, if I leave it now and, and come back, it'll always be here. And that's when I, I left and went back to, to the States, to, to uh, New York and then Los Angeles to, to pursue that. And I've, I mean, thankfully I haven't had to look back. Do you remember your first gig as a voice actor? I think I want to say my first gig or one of my first gigs was, uh, I don't know if you, there, there used to be these things called CD-ROMs. I don't know if you yep. remember them. <laughs> yeah, I do. I remember the floppy disk, believe it or not. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Um, but uh, uh, it was for a CD-ROM that if you bought a, a giant two liter bottle of 7-Up soda, um, there was a CD-ROM attached to it. It had a little game. You, know, you put it into your computer at home and there was this game and I was the voice of the game. And I think, I think that's the first one that I remember right about the same time. I think I might've gotten my first uh, job dubbing Japanese anime, uh, but, <laughs> but so right about one, one or the, one of, one of those or the other was, was my first, I think. Can you speak Japanese? I, I actually do speak Japanese. Uh, it's not, it's not something that you need to do. It's not a prerequisite for doing this kind of work. In fact, I would argue that most of the people that I know who do this don't speak Japanese. Um, but it does help a little bit. I would say it was just something that, you know, that I, that I was into and that I loved, I, you know, I thought I would go into international relations, uh, early on and, uh, till I took this turn. And, um, so that, and I, and I loved Japan and so, so I, I'd been studying the language, but, uh, but, uh, yeah, it's funny how it, how it indirectly maybe led me here, you know? Yeah. hundred percent, man. Do you speak any other languages at all or just Japanese? I, I do. My, my dad was in the foreign service. And so we, we traveled a lot. Um, I, I grew up in, in West Africa. I went to a French private school there. So, mm-hmm. so I speak French. Uh, my mom is originally from Austria and so all her family speak German. I, I, I used to, my German used to be good and now it's not because I never get a chance to use it, but my French and my Japanese are still pretty good. I've always wanted to learn, uh, French, Spanish, and German. Yeah. But I've never been good at language at all. I still struggle with English, believe it or not. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. I, you know, I, I've started also, you know, just sort of messing around with other languages in Duolingo, that, that yeah. app for language learning. It's, uh, it's fun and it's always on my phone. And, you know, rather than uh, hopping on Twitter or whatever, I can, you know, learn languages. I've Although tried, I probably, I've tried probably end up doing that too. <laughs> I wasn't so good at it, man. Like I, I really, really struggled. And yeah. I think with my Australian accent and my, the way I pronounce certain words, it makes mm-hmm. a lot of people laugh. <laughs> so, <laughs> But that's I'll a think, gift. Yeah. That's also a gift. You have to admit. I, I, I do admit it. Like, but I kind of feel uh, a bit self-conscious about 
that side of things. Sure. Sure. <laughs> I think I've got like this massive, um, I want to, I want to be good at it, but yeah. then they end up laughing. So then it makes me feel like I'm not good at it, even though I may have thought originally that I, I'm, I was saying it right. Right. But yeah. It turns out that I wasn't. <laughs> well, when you get to be my age, I've just, I've just fallen into this, uh, this new phase in my life where I'm, I'm, I'm trying to learn some new things or get back to things I did a million years ago and thought, well, I'm too old to get back to that now. Uh, and, and I just, whereas I used to be very sort of driven and competitive and oh, I have to get good at this and I have to be better than everybody else. And I have to get good fast. Mm -hmm. um, I've settled into this place in my life where I'm just like, I'm just going to do it. And if I'm terrible at it, at least I'm doing it. And I don't have to, you know, impress anybody or prove myself to anybody or whatever. So, so that's where I'm at these, these days. I, I need to get where you're at, man. <laughs> I think it comes nothing. with age, man. <laughs> <laughs> so this is what I've got to look forward to when I get older. Honestly, exactly. I'm, I'm seeing a reflection of my, my future self right here. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> How I'm going to be a wise sage in, in the next <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm going to look forward to that, honestly. But Yuri, man, you grew up, I, I mentioned in the intro, it was sort of like a nomadic kind of childhood. You were yeah. all around different countries, that sort of thing. But what was your childhood like? What were some of the memories that you remember, hold dear to your heart, some of the lessons that you learned from your parents, those sorts of things? I, you know, I, yeah, I was, I mean, you, you could, you could say I was lucky to have that kind of life, but it was also hard as a kid to, you know, to move around, uh, so much, uh, but, and, and there, there were definitely times, you know, when I was young, I was like, man, this sucks. But in retrospect, I wouldn't trade any of those experiences for the world. Um, and, you know, I made, I made good friends along the way, some of whom are still my friends many years later. Wow. Uh, and and the experiences I have, I mean, you know, this is a, this is a show called Storybox, mm. And I, I believe that, that all of us, you know, every single person is just made up of stories. There's, that's where each made up, just made up of a bunch of stories yeah. and everybody's, nobody has the same one. Um, and the, or the same, you know, collection. Mm. And, and I just love the stories that, um, that, you know, that, that have made me up along the way, uh, you know, growing up, uh, you know, traveling and so on. I, I'm trying to think of some, some formative, I don't know, like I went to summer camp, uh, when I was a kid and I just remember finding a lot of independence there. There was, you know, I had, I had good, I had this, uh, camp counselor, his, uh, his counselor name was psycho. Like that was his, his, his nickname. Um, but he was this sweet, sweet guy who was just, he was just really, you know, in retrospect, he, he couldn't have been, you know, he had to have been like maybe in his early twenties. Like, I mean, you know, if that, uh, but he just, I don't know, he, you know, I, I, I learned a lot of like independence and Hey, I can do this. And if I just, you know, do I just push myself and I work at things, you know, I can, you know, even, you know, pushing past scary stuff, I can, I can do it. And I, it's funny. I, I recently, he recently reached out like after years and years and years and years and years. Cause I think some of his kids play video games or watch cartoons or something. And he saw my name and he's like, that name sounds way too familiar. And he thought about it. Um, and I was really happy to be able to connect with him and to tell him that after so many years. Uh, but, 
my dad was big on, uh, on responsibility, like personal responsibility. And I think yeah. for better or for worse, in some cases, uh, it, it imprinted, you know, really strongly on me. And when I say for, you know, for the, for the better, it's, you know, I think, you know, being a responsible human being is, is super important and I'm glad I'm that way, but mm-hmm. I think he made such a big deal of it. And I took it on so deeply that I probably take responsibility for a lot of things that I shouldn't be responsible for <laughs> and can make my life harder. Uh, so, so there's that, but it was, I th- I think, you know, so much of what I am is from, from growing up and traveling a lot. Um, and, uh, collecting comic books and playing Dungeons and Dragons. Like, I mean, you know, so, so many and watching movies, like, which are all stories, you know, I mean, so, so here, we're all, it's all, it's all about stories. I'm going to keep bringing it back to that because it's the theme of the show. It's just definitely the theme of the show, my friend. And I am a huge fan of stories. I mean, I could, I could watch, listen to stories as long as I don't have to speak. I'm okay. I'll just listen. <laughs> Yeah. And, and learn and absorb all the stories. I mean, that's, yeah. that's why I, I started this because stories have so much power. They get in our psyche, they change, they move, they, they do all kinds of things. I mean, life is a story in of itself. There's, we're creating mini stories mm-hmm. every single day. We're creating a story right now. Like I'll forever remember this. Um, unless I get Alzheimer's disease, which I hope doesn't happen. <laughs> right. Right. I know. But, 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 you know, even if you do, then you could listen to this show over and over again. And each time you listen to it, it would be a new story. Exactly. So that's the, uh, an amazing thing about everything, you know, like you, you're, I just love them. And yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'm with you They're They're super important. And I know I have to say that because it's, you know, my job is stories, yeah. you know, is storytelling. And I kind of have to believe that, but, but I do, I believe stories are, are so important. And I would love to believe that somehow, you know, they have the power to, you know, to, to heal these great divides, you know, that I feel are, you know, in our, in our world right now. Um, it, speaking of stories, my, my wife, Tara and I did a TEDx talk mm-hmm. about using story structure to overcome, uh, you know, blocks in your life and, uh, limitations and stuff like that. And I just think stories are, they're just powerful. I, I did see that TEDx talk. So I'll make oh, sure. Oh, wow. People, you yeah, did your I, research, Jay. I did, my friend. I did. <laughs> and I, I loved it because it was on that very theme that I so much enjoy. And mm. I, I am in the same mind as you and your wife with that. And I am constantly trying my, my very best to help bridge that divide that is ever so growing. It kind of feels like to me, I don't know if it feels like this for you, Yuri, but the more times I try to mend that divide, it consistently gets further and further apart. Yep. And it's harder as the days and and the weeks and the months and even the years that go on, it's hard to continue to bring that together. So it kind of feels like, in a way that I'm alone, but I know that I'm not alone. If that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I often feel the same. So I'm, uh, I'm right there with you. Which is why I wanted to ask you for those people that haven't seen the TEDx talk, a brief overview in how we can use the structure of a story to help 
change the world for good? Well, I mean, the basically we 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 took sort of classic story structure, um, whether that be you know the the hero's journey or just you know basic story structure, and we broke it down into you know parts of that structure. Um, uh, you know the the I don't know for you know for lack of a better term you know the hero and that's you in this case um, even if you don't think you are you're you're the hero in your story um, starting off in a place uh, where something is something changes and you can either stay where you are or you can push past that to to begin this journey it's going to go up and down you're going to run into problems. You're going to need to seek help from other people to get through. And then, you know, you can get the right, right. When sometimes when it feels like it's at its lowest point, uh, if you can push through and take all the things that you've learned along the way, you can get through to the, to the other side of that. And you come out of that changed. And so, and this is sort of a classic, you know, story structure for, for so many stories, whether it's a, you know, action movie or a romantic comedy or a fantasy or whatever it is. And I think that because I believe that, you know, we're all just made up of stories and, you know, our lives are, are stories that if you're ever, if you're ever feeling stuck, you can look at that story structure and kind of find out, Hey, where am I in my story? Mm. Let me, let me see. Well, this is the part and where, where this happens this is the part. Do any of those things remind me of what's going on right now? And the great thing about it is you don't have to be right. Like, it's not a, you know, oh, you better better pick the right place you are in that story and the story structure, otherwise it's not going to work. It doesn't matter. All it does is it gets you thinking about where you've come from, where you're going, what you've got going on right now. And, and you know, using that, that sort of next step in the story structure to see what, what might be the next step for you mm-hmm. and maybe trying that. Um, so, yeah, we were, we were uh, Tara and I, you know, we're really happy that we, we were approached to do the talk because we had been bouncing around those ideas in our head and we didn't know what to do with them. And then it was the perfect place to, to really sort of dig deep and even for us to figure out, you know, what the hell we were thinking and, you know, you know, what, what we might be talking about. So, um, so yeah, I, 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 I recommend if, uh, if, if what I just said uh, excites anybody listening to just, I think if you just Google TEDx and my name and I'm sure it'll come up. I'll make sure everyone can find oh, it so they can watch it hundred percent because it's definitely worth their time. Uh, but Yuri, man, how long have you been in this profession for? How long have you been doing voice acting? I just, I'm just crossing my 20 year mark. Wow. Yeah. I mean, now I started, I mean, you could say I started acting in my last year of high school or, or maybe in college, but I didn't start, I didn't like, you know, make the leap to try to go out there and, and do it professionally until after I left that government job. So I, you know, I moved to New York and I was just doing a lot of, um, you know, off, off Broadway, off, 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 off Broadway theater, um, you know, experimental black box theater, you know, weird plays and, uh, classic plays. And, and, and I was, and I wasn't making a dime, you know, in fact, it was probably costing me money, but, but I loved it. I loved it so much. And so that was, that was like six years in New York of doing that before I, moved out to Los Angeles with my wife. Uh, she wasn't my wife when we moved out. She, we, we, we got married on the way out, um, which I know, you know, the story at this point. Um, but, uh, so I, I guess I sort of count it as, you know, I've been doing this so that, you know, if you tack those six years on, you'd be 26 years, but 
I don't really consider it having become a career until we were starting to make money at it. And, um, and then even in the beginning when it wasn't enough to just live on that, we had to sort of do side jobs as well. Uh, it still felt like we were, we were headed in the right direction. That was, that was right. That was almost exactly 20 years ago. I think. How does one create an iconic voice that one remembers for a very, very long time? Like, has it been challenging for you with each character you get to form a new style for that character or is it, come easier for you as the years go on i've been lucky to get paired up with really good writers Mm -hmm. and when the writing is really good my job becomes very easy and i don't have to think very much about oh god how am i gonna distinguish this from the last character that i played who was also kind of like this you know in some cases um and i've i've come to trust that if you know the writing is there uh that that I won't have to, that it, it'll be, you know, specific enough in its own way that it won't be like anything else that I've done. You can see similarities. And if you, you know, if you just, you know, listen to just clips of my voices from, a, you know, a bunch of different things, you, you would, you, you know, arguably you would say, oh, he's just the same voice every time. He doesn't, you know, change his voice so much. Uh, but with, with good writing and different writing, it, it changes everything. So, mm. so I've, I've, I've learned you know, after, after many years to trust that, that I didn't have to really fight to claw out a character that was, you know, so much different than the last one. What does it take to become a voice actor? A good one that is. Intestinal fortitude. Um, <laughs> or to, you know, for anything in this business, you know, actor, writer, you know, anything in the arts, you know, painter, sculptor, I think, I think, I mean, it takes determination. It takes uh, not taking rejection personally yeah. uh, because you're rejected on a daily basis. I mean, I audition, you know, on a good day, I'll audition maybe four or five times a day. And I don't get most of those jobs. Like, let's say I get maybe 1% of those jobs. Wow. Um, so I'm, so I'm constantly putting myself out there and they're not picking me. And you, after a while, you have to, you have to come to terms with the fact that rarely is it ever your talent as to why they won't choose you. Yeah. Um, you're just not right for it. Whatever reason, somebody else was a little more right for it. It's not because your talent wasn't there. Um, it's just, it just wasn't right. It wasn't fit. You've just got to keep going. Mm. So, but I think at the core of all of that, what you really need is you need to love it because there will be a lot of times that you're doing it and not getting paid for it. Um, and if you don't love it and you're not getting paid for it, then why, you know, why are you really doing it? Um, if the money's not there, the love has to be there. And then even if the money is there for you to continue, I think the, the love has to be there too. So, so, I mean, if, you know, for, for people who have, you know, asked me, they're like, so how do I get into, what do I do? I just say, just just try it, you know, try acting in all its forms and in whatever way you can do it where you are, whether that's in school, you know, in classes or in school theater or improv or um, local theater companies or making stupid movies with your friends, you know, and your phones. Like, I mean, that we all have the technology today to create stuff. And that's another thing I tell people who say, you know, how do, how do I do it? I'm like, man, just 
you can, you can be auditioning for paid jobs. You can be studying, but make your own stuff. Make the kind of shows that you would want to be in. Make the kind of shows you like to watch. Uh, write the kind of characters that that you would want to play um, and just make your own stuff. I think it's hugely empowering. And even if it never makes you a dime, it, it fills up your heart somehow. Mm-hmm. And who knows, you know, maybe your, maybe your show will take off. You know, maybe your podcast will become this huge thing. You, you, you never know. Um, but being creative, staying creative like that and is help it helps you get better and it helps keep your heart full. And, and it also, most of the things that we build like that, you need other people. Yeah. And in that way, you, you start to build your family, you know, your, your work family and, and your, your, your tribe for lack of a better word. Um, Cause we can't do this on our own. You know, none of this stuff happens in a, in a vacuum. And one of the things I love most about this work is getting to, you know, collaborate with other people and work with other people. So, so yeah. So make things, um, uh, if you, if you're particularly interested in voice acting or in acting in general, read aloud every day, it sounds, it sounds very simple. And like, that's, that's not a real thing that could, could help, but uh, I, I, I found it very important and it is so much of, what we do for our job. We're, we're handed a script, you know, right when we get to a job, we, we, we haven't seen it before and we're expected to perform it, you know, you know, to read, to, to, to perform. And so, so practicing, you know, getting words off the page and pulling meaning off the page and making decisions very quickly is something that you can build by just grabbing any, any written, anything, you know, a magazine or a pamphlet or, you know, a children's book or a comic book or Shakespeare, whatever you have on, on your shelf, just read it out loud mm. and just practice that. Um, and that's something you can do even if you're not in school or you don't have a local theater troupe that you can audition for or, or whatever. But uh, yeah, uh, you know, those things, I think those things might help. I, you know, I, I, I wouldn't take my advice. So, you know, <laughs> I don't think you should take anybody's advice on anything, but, um, but I've, I found that those things are important to me and have been important to my story. Uh, I find it interesting how with your kind of resume, you still end up facing rejection and you still, you know, you're still putting yourself out there, but I also like how you said you've got to love it. And I think you've got to love it more than the rejection. Like, yeah, Yeah, that's exactly right. If you don't love it, then you're going to stop. And that's what I've realized with doing this, because if I didn't love what I did, then I would have stopped early on because the rejection was coming fast and, and just, it wouldn't, it was unrelenting. Sure. It's still, it's still unrelenting. Like I still get a lot of no's as I'm sure you do. Yeah. But because I love it is why I continue doing it despite yeah. what goes on. So yeah. that's good advice, man. Yeah. No, good. I, I know, you know, it seems simple to say, do what you love and it's, and it's hard to commit to that because you know what you love doesn't always pay and you've got to, pay bills and support your family and, you know, whatever. But, um, but yeah, I think for, for something like this in particular, it's gotta be there. Yeah. If you can do it, like pay the bills and it is something that you love, I think you're, you're winning on multiple levels (laughs) there. That's, that's the dream, isn't it? To be able to do things that you love, pay the bills and, you know, just live, live out that sort of life. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I'm striving for. <laughs> yeah. Not only yeah. To, to do that, but also to live within my whole self, my, my purpose. And, um, yeah. So 
Well, you've got an impressive list of uh, people who've done your show. So I, I would argue that you're succeeding on a certain level. And I'm including you in that list too. Man. Honestly, <laughs> okay, okay, fair enough. Seriously. <laughs> um, but you've, you've faced uh, a lot of rejection. You voice some of the, the more well-known characters in animation and, you know, video games, that sort of thing for a lot of people to recognize, like you'd be, a lot of people will be listening to you right now and say, Hey, I know that voice. Like that's what, that's what my brain does uh, at least. Um, but you got Spider-Man being one of them, Ben 10, uh, yeah. you also voice Vilgax, I, I think in that, in that show. Yeah. In later versions of the show. Yeah. I think, I think I'm going way back here. <laughs> do it, do it, go all the way back. Uh, and, and with uh, Prince of Persia, the Sands of Time. Yeah. yeah. Did, did that come about with you actually auditioning for that? Or was it sort of like that came across your desk and. No, I, I auditioned for it and then got called back for it and then got the job. Uh, and that was my first, I will always have a very uh, special place in my heart for the Prince because that was my first lead role in a, in a video game like that. Um, and it, you know, and it turned out to be this great game and created a great friendship with uh, Jordan Mechner, the, the, the creator of Prince of Persia. And he and I are still very close friends. And, and I recently got a chance to go back to that game for the remake. And I mean, it was, it was crazy the way it was, it was so on brand with that game because 15 years later, I got to basically go back in time and try to do it over again better, which is what you do in the game. Um, I mean, that they would ask, they, that they would have asked me to come back that many years later is crazy. Uh, and, and it was so much fun working on it. And I know with, with the pandemic and, and so on and so forth, it's, they've, it's been in development for a while, but, uh, but I, I cannot wait for it to come out for people both to revisit it and see, you know, what it is now. Um, and then for people who, you know, were, you know, much younger, you know, to, you know who, who didn't play it to, to experience it for the first time and see what their experience is, because mm -hmm. it is still very, very uh, near and dear to my heart. And it was, it was fun to get to go back. And the first time that we did it, it was all animated. Yeah. Um, there was no motion capture, performance capture, but for this go round, we got to go in and do full performance capture for, because that's where the technology was. So it was getting to do it again on a, like on a higher level. I don't know. I, I cannot wait to see it myself. And of course, you know, selfishly. And then of course, for, for people to, to play it. Prince of Persia was one of the first games that I played and loved. Um, mm -hmm. And it kind of pissed me off at the same time because it was so damn hard. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, and then especially I, at the end, yeah. Uh, the ending would yeah. the ending killed me, man. I think I yeah. gave up at the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> to I be it. honest, I uh, think they, and I think um, you're not the only person to say that. And I may be wrong on this, but I think when they're doing the re, I mean, the remake is basically the same stuff, but they did take into account certain playability things, <laughs> certain mechanics, and uh, certain comments from people over the years. And I think they're trying to fix a lot of that stuff so we'll make crossed. we'll make it better <laughs> yeah yeah maybe you'll finish it this time <laughs> yeah I, we'll see <laughs> yeah uh one can only hope right um yeah honestly yeah. but you know to finish off this conversation yuri i really do appreciate your time and your story as well but i wanted to touch on some of the the failures some of the, the mistakes you might have made that you're comfortable with sharing with my audience 
what have been some of the, like some low points in your life that have taught you about life and given you a new perspective? Yeah, I think, you know, it's taken me again, you know, to this, uh, to this age to, to really start to accept failure as a necessary um, and important part of the process and a part of getting better. Mm. Um, I am, you know, at a point in my life right now where I'm just trying to, you know, to learn these new things and to not worry about being good at them, um, to understand that, that failure is the only way you can get better. You know, a lot of, I see a lot of people, myself included sometimes not want to engage in an endeavor because you're afraid of it not being good enough. You're afraid of failing, afraid of people thinking that it's terrible or whatever. Um, and I think we have to, we have to give up, give that up as much as possible because, you know, each time you fail, the next thing you make is going to be better. The next thing you do in that line is going to be better. You know, a lot of people have said it, you know, fail, fail, fail hard, fail often, you know, fail up. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a great, I, I forget who, I, I, you know, strangely enough, I, I, I got this off of something that, that Will Wheaton has ne posted next to his oh. desk in his house. Um, and a part, it's the, uh, uh, well, part of it, part of the sort of this sort of manifesto is done is the engine of more. Mm. So you have to finish things. Like we, we hang on to these things and we, we, we don't finish them or we keep rehashing them because we want them to be perfect. Whereas you can't get to the next thing until you finish that thing. Yeah. And you have to finish that thing to get to the next thing and the next thing. You know, and, and perfect is the enemy of done. So you've got to, you've got to keep going. Um, so I think failure is, is hugely important. And I, I, you know, I've been trying to teach my son uh, that, you know, I've been trying to reward his failures, you know, as often as possible, because I don't want, I don't ever want him to be ashamed to fail or to, to not, you know, to be, to worry about failing. Uh, but I would say, you know, I mean, there have been low points and there you know, it's still, you know, life goes up and down. There are still low points, uh, you know, even at this point in my life. But I would say that, uh, you know, I have very few regrets in life that I can immediately call to mind. But one of them was earlier on here in Los Angeles, um, uh, a group of us, but my, my, my wife and myself and a, a really good friend of ours uh, said, to heck with it, we're going to, you know, we're going to write a script. Uh, we're going to just come up with whatever money it takes. We're going to try to write it in a way that we could shoot it for, you know, small amounts, you know, small amount of money. Uh, but we need to, we need to start. Nobody's casting us, you know, in movies. We came out here to be movie stars and nobody's casting us. We have to make our own thing. And uh, we worked on it, you know, tirelessly, the three of us um, as a, as a joint thing. And we got a director attached, somebody that I knew. And he came to me one day and, you know, we had written ourselves sort of the, the three main roles. I was playing one of the main roles. My wife was playing one and our friend was playing the, the other one. And uh, the director came to me who didn't know our other friend as well. And he said, Hey, I've got this uh, semi-famous person who really likes the script. Mm. And he'd like to play that part that we had, you know, created for, for our friend. And, and he'd be bringing this money to the project. And I, all I could see was, Hey, we get a famous person in our movie and we get the money to make it. 
I'm sure it'll be okay to just talk to him and say, why don't you play this other big character in the play that that you're probably better for anyway, um, but it's not the main character that we've all been working for. And um, and he was devastated and felt betrayed. And he was right. Mm. Um, and I will always regret thinking that it was more important that 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 relationship and that trying to convince him that what we had put together together um, needed to be changed so we could do this and that he was to take, you know, more of a backseat. Um, I, you know, it, it forever altered our, our friendship. We, we talk nowadays and he's left the business and hopefully it wasn't because of me. Uh, but, uh, but I will always regret reaching for the, the money and the famous person over a friend, over a relationship. Yeah. Um, and I did, I did what I could to, I mean, it, it became very clear, very, very fast that it was the wrong decision, but it was, it was out there, you know, it was broken and, and I, and I couldn't fix it. And I will always regret having made that decision. Um, but I guess I learned that, you know, the friends and the, the people that we work with and the family that we build are, are more important than any one thing or any, any, you know, money. That you know, that's you know, if there's a lesson to be learned, it's I think I think that's it. And I've tried not to make that that same mistake twice. It's a powerful lesson, man. Honestly, yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. By the way, of course. And it's never an easy thing to do to get that kind of vulnerable and and share that those things with a wide audience. Uh, I think that's I just, the first time I've told that story. Thanks for thanks for uh, pulling it out of me, Jay. No, thank you so much for being willing to share it. I mean, I, I learned a lot from it. So, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for that. But two final questions for you, my friend. What do yeah. you love the most about yourself and your story? I love, that goes back to what we were just talking about. I love the group of people that I have in my life. They're the most important my friends and my family are are my absolute greatest treasures and the thing you know the things that that bring me the most joy uh in in life and and i would like to believe that there's something about me that attracted those that those those people um but they're that's that's what i love most about my life um and oh, that's that that's hard. You're, you know, you're talking to that's asking me what I love about myself is a hard question. I always, I always fight that question. Same here. Yeah. So you you, you know, yeah, you you understand. I've got um, and it's a it's a problem. We should, I mean, we should, we should, we should love ourselves. Um I I don't know, I guess. Oh, I don't know. I I don't know. I guess uh I don't know, just my my relentlessness. <laughs> I don't know. Even even these days when I don't feel quite as relentless as when I was younger, <laughs> when I've sort of settled into sort of a more comfortable part of my life. Uh but back to story structure, I'm in the comfortable part. I should probably uh there are probably some places to push through, but, but I would say my relentlessness to, to get, to, you know, get to the things that, that I love 
Mm. Um, there's a there's a Japanese saying that I love, um, which is chototsumoshin, which means charging ahead relentlessly like a wild boar, which which is also my Chinese zodiac sign <laughs> is the boar. Um, and I should probably I have no tattoos, but I should probably have that tattoo somewhere. Um, but yeah, so, uh, relentlessness, I guess if I had to pick one in this moment, I'm sure it would change if you let me think for five more minutes, but I know you don't want your, your listeners don't want just like dead silence with me, uh, hemming and hawing, trying to figure things out, <laughs> trying to figure my life out. <laughs> It'll get them thinking too. Like it gives yeah, them yeah. time to actually think on that question for themselves. So if yeah. the guest is doing it in real time, then why not they do it too? Like it's interactive, right. you know? Oh, here's, see now, cause you've, you've opened the, the floodgates. I'll give you one more. <laughs> and it is the thing that I, that uh, another thing I love about myself and hate about myself at the same time is um, that I, I love helping people. Um, I, I honestly do. I, 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 I love helping people um, wherever and whenever I can, but I do take it to extremes. Like I am, I'm a people pleaser, which is not a good thing um, because you, you know, will often, uh, suppress, you know, your needs to, to help other people, even if it doesn't, even if it ends up, you know, helping neither of you. Um, and I, and I feel somehow if, if somebody reaches out for help and I can't help them, then I'm a failure and they'll hate me forever. So I will usually say yes, even if my instinct is no, you can't, you don't have time for that. And you promised your son, you would do this thing. Really? You're going to go and help this, you know, this person you don't even really know that well, but they've reached out to you and so on one hand, I love, I love how, you know, helping people makes me feel, um, and I love doing it. Um, and yet I know that sometimes I can do it to a, uh, to a fault, mm -hmm. uh, and it, and it helps neither of us in that, in that moment. Well, you've helped me today oh, enormously more than probably what you think. So thank you. Honestly, I don't think even thank you is enough, but anyway, I'm saying, I was saying it more than once. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the double up might help a little bit. <laughs> um, before I ask you the final question, Yuri, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you to voice one of your all-time favorite characters. Uh, just say one line, two lines, any character that you wish okay. uh, that you have loved voicing over the years. I know it's probably hard to do, but pick anyone you want. Yeah. Some people think time is like a river that flows swift and sure in one direction. But I have seen the face of time, and I can tell you they are wrong. Time is an ocean in a storm. We went back to Prince of Persia. It's Prince truly, Persia. I, I do not remember a lot of the lines from characters that I've played, but I will always remember that. That is a good line. Okay. Yeah. I <laughs> <laughs> I, I could have ended off the conversation with that. I probably should have actually. That would have been a great, great, great thing. You can to still do. cut it there if you want to. <laughs> um, this is my all-time favorite question, my friend. I ask everyone at the end of all my conversations. It is a hypothetical one, but okay. I want you to imagine with me for a moment that you've been able to reach the age of 100. 
All your friends and your family have decided to put together a film for you of everything you've ever said and everything you've ever done. Don't ask me how in the world they got it all. We'll call it magic for the sake of argument. But they've been able to get it and show it to you on your 100th birthday. What do you want that film to say and to show about your life? That I had good friends. And if they made that movie, then I did. Yeah. It's a good send-off message. Thank you so much, Yuri, for your time, your, well, your you, energy. For, oh, just everything, man. It's a lot of fun. But thank you so much for joining me on the Storybox podcast. Thanks. If you know, if if the opportunity ever arises again where you would talk to a person where you would have somebody on more than once, I would like you to consider me. I really don't like this part because it means that sadly we have come to an end of yet another story. I just want to say thank you to all of you for tuning in and listening to our guest today. It is my prayer that you would have felt inspired, motivated, challenged in some way, and that you would have learned something new as well. If you would like to hear more amazing stories like this one, you can do so now by searching up the story box on all podcast platforms. It is that easy. And if you did get something from today's guest, please do share it around with your friend or family member who you feel could benefit from hearing today's story. And before you go, I greatly appreciate it if you could spend 30 seconds leaving a rating review over on Apple Podcasts. It goes a long way to reaching more people and building this community of the Storybox. Let's start changing lives through powerful stories like this one you heard today. Your support is always greatly appreciated. Until next time, when we dive back into the story box, I'm Jay Phantom, and don't forget, your story is worth more than you know. I'll catch you then.